Welcome to Onward, the show where we explore emerging social innovations and chat with social innovators. I'm your host, Daniel Weinsberg. Are you familiar with Marshall McLuhan? He was a Canadian philosopher in the mid-century, and reading his words today ring ever more true. His work is the cornerstone of media theory today, and today media is creating culture and spreading ideas, true and false, faster and more profoundly than ever before. Last week I was hiking with my father and he told me the first media he remembered was radio and newspaper. That's all that existed in his community until his father, my grandfather, bought a new six-inch television. Black and white, of course. In my father's 80 years, media has gone from this luxury item, having that one TV on the block, to a necessity. Some would argue a human right. In McLuhan's seminal book, The Medium is the Message, he explains how, and I quote, we shape our tools and thereafter our tools shape us. Let that sink in. We shape our tools and thereafter our tools shape us. And just take a moment to consider how the internet has shaped reality in less than a quarter century. And while humans are great at creating tools, we have a shockingly poor ability to understand the implication of our tools when our world takes hold of them. A scary example of this is the fact that many Facebook and Apple executives now do not let their children use Facebook or Apple products. McLuhan wrote, and philosophize about his current events, an age that he dubbed the age of anxiety. Between climate change fears, pandemic hysteria, politically polarizing rhetoric, fractured healthcare, education, infrastructure, on and on and on systems, I think it's safe to say we remain in that age of anxiety. McLuhan attributed the age of anxiety to societies trying to do jobs of today with tools of yesterday. I share this as context as we enter the unknown race to build tools to solve today's problems. I've found and continue to find hope and inspiration in the burgeoning blockchain space. These are people creating the next level of internet, Web3 it is dubbed. These people are unconstrained by borders, by regulations, by technological constraints, and they're building tools to solve some of the largest, most fundamental challenges society faces. But as McLuhan warns us, we create tools, and after that, the tools create us. So today I'm excited to enter into a conversation with a blockchain platform that is building their tools with humans at the center. Carefully considering the implications and impact of their tools, not simply building fancy functions and mind-boggling buttons, but tools that humans can use. Today, we're in conversation with Status. Status is a completely open source organization and it's made up by contributors all over the world. Developers, designers, creators, educators, hobbyists, enthusiasts, and more. Everyone has free and open access to add, edit, review, and contribute to the Status platform. Status strives to be a secure communication tool that upholds human rights 
enables community money, forwards community law, and through privacy, preserves culture. Without further ado, status. Status is, it's, um, we call it uh, like a multi-purpose communication tool. Basically, we're building a, a messenger, a crypto wallet, and a browser all combined into one, right? So the wallet's integrated with the messenger, the messenger's integrated with the browser. So it's this really kind of like seamless Web3 experience uh, all on your mobile phone. Um, and, you know, what, what it's making possible is, is really, it's, it's giving sovereignty back to the individual. Um, we use peer-to-peer -peer protocols, so the messenger is entirely private. Um, it's secure, so your messages are, aren't your, your messages are your own. Uh, the crypto wallet, you know, provides access to, to DeFi and, you know, various tokens. Um, and the browser, you know, you have access to various tools, once again, DeFi products and all that stuff. So it's kind of like this integrated experience uh, with, the, with blockchain and Ethereum all on your phone, all in your pocket. So, yeah, it's super exciting. And how, how did you get involved with Status? Yeah, so I met, I met Carl and Jared in 2017. Um, just before the contribution period. Uh, I helped with some like content production. I was doing freelance at the time. Um, they needed a bit of help with, uh, I had the token sale and I produced a video. It went well. Um, Carl, Jared and I got along really well. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, they brought me on full time. Uh, they asked if I wanted to, to, to do some more marketing, uh, work with them and I jumped at the opportunity. So yeah. And so you, you've got a marketing background. Why, why are you passionate about this Web3 space status in particular? Yeah, I mean, my background is, I don't have like a crypto background, um, like a lot of people in the space. Uh, I, I was working at agencies, marketing agencies with big clients, you know, like Nike, Google, um, Samsung, you know, big corporate companies. And, you know, when I, so when I met Carl and Jared, they sent me a bunch of intro material kind of like to onboard me and help me produce the content for the token sale. And like a lot of people, I just went down the rabbit hole, you know, like they sent me a blog post and I went into YouTube and then I did this and I did that. And I just, you know, for days was just like researching it mostly for, for the project, but you know, for my own personal interest, I just loved it. Um, and you know, like the, the deeper you get into it and then the more you learn about status as a product, the more or me personally, I think, that we can genuinely like have a social impact. We can, we can change the way things are. We can shake things up. Um, for me specifically, I like the idea of private messaging is just, it's so important. Um, you know, often, you know, people ask the question, like, is privacy really that important? You know, like, you know, I have the conversation, like, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I've got nothing to hide. So why is privacy that important? Um, and the more you learn, the more you read, and the more you like understand, uh, how like unprivate, if that's even a word, like, you know, how much of your data and how much of your information is available and being used, uh, the more you realize that, you know, these tools are, are very, very important. So yeah, I just, I really want to promote status and, and, and push it out there and introduce it to people so they can, you know, use it. So it seems like the first place that uh, status is starting to make a mark is in growing access to some of the DeFi tools that are out there. And so why is it so important to make these tools broadly accessible? Yeah, I, I think, you know, these tools, like the technology itself, not only DeFi, but the tools have the ability to, you know, remove third parties, um, 
get rid of you know rent seeking intermediaries uh, and and genuinely return autonomy back to the individual uh, and that goes for for everything once again not just DeFi um, DeFi is it's like one of the first and like very practical use cases of this technology so you know we're starting to see uh, you know you can earn eight percent in the die savings rate for like for example that's amazing you know a lot of people don't know that or they're uh, or they're intimidated by blockchain technology or crypto or whatever it is uh, and when it's actually quite simple to use um, so with status I think like status as an onboarding into these DeFi products is is a is a great first step right so status once again we have the messenger and it looks just like any other messenger you've got private chats you've got public channels uh, you're literally the, the interface is very similar so it's kind of like a familiar first step um, and then from there we can introduce people to DeFi and to you know products like like the die savings rate um, and once again you know it's really just to you know return autonomy to the individual um, yeah and so that's kind of where I got pretty excited about status is so much of the tools that we're seeing coming out of the blockchain space they're not human scale is not the right word, but they're not designed for humans. My, I need to walk my dad through how to set up the wallet and how to transfer stuff. And what you're all doing is it's all mobile. It's all integrated. It looks like the tools that we're already innately familiar with. So can you talk a bit more about Stabsy's position of bringing kind of blockchain to mobile? Sure. I mean, yeah, you know, there's all these stats around, um, you know, mobile adoptions and then like 80% of the internet or well, I've got one written down actually 80% of the internet users are on a smartphone, for example, there's all these stats, right? So, um, and you know, when, when Carl and Jared wrote the white paper and, you know, really started introducing people to the, the idea of status, I think one of the taglines was the mass adoption of Ethereum. Um, and to, to genuinely achieve that, you have to go where people are, right? You have to make it accessible. You have to make the blockchain accessible to them. Uh, and by doing that, or to achieve that, we would have to make it easily available on a mobile phone. Um, and so it kind of goes back to my, my previous response is, you know, creating, creating experiences, user experiences that are familiar to Web2, uh, you know, that will help people become, you know, a bit more comfortable with the technology. And I think like a messenger is one, one of the areas we can really do that. Um, once again, like if you install status, you know, join a public channel, you'll see people sending messages, receiving messages, chatting with stickers and, you know, emojis and all that stuff. And it, it provides a first, like, it's like, it's a bit of a comfortable experience. Um, and then from there, like I was saying before, you can introduce the idea of crypto and then, you know, maybe you can send them some tokens for them to play around with, you know, various DeFi products or, you know, uh, Decentraland or games or stuff like that. Um, and I think, yeah, just just making sure that like, the user experience is, is accessible. Um, and, you know, because so many people are familiar or, or just used to using these products on their phones, that's what we're really trying to achieve. Um, yeah, and it, it, goes, uh, it goes one step further, really. Like, you know, this technology, this technology, it, it, you know, there's scalability concerns. Um, there's like bandwidth consumption concerns on a phone. So we're, we've got a lot of work um at like the low level protocol layer to to make it more accessible on a phone right so we've got a an f2 team called nimbus which is working to to bring ethereum to resource restricted devices aka mobile phones 
um, and also a team called VAC uh, that's working on like a new messaging protocol. Um, so message, so you know your your battery doesn't die in ten minutes when you're you know using status. And so we started the conversation. You said you're not uh, you didn't come to this world from tech. I didn't either. So what what are some of the projects, some of the applications that you like using that you're excited about that are currently hosted on status? Yeah. Um, once again, like it, it, you know, a lot of the DeFi products, for example when you read about them or you hear about them, you, you kind of become intimidated because you know, I don't know how to send transactions or, you know, you don't have E for gas, like what is gas? But when you actually start to use them, it's pretty simple. So, I mean, for me, like I had an aha moment when I locked some die into the Oasis safe platform. Um, that one's super cool. Uh, if you have some, some die and some ETH in your wallet, you can start er earning 8% just by locking some die into the die savings rate. Super excited about that one. That one's really cool. Um, and it honestly, it takes about two minutes to do, uh, compound is another really cool one. You get to start earning interest on your crypto just by, just by putting it into compound. And once again, it's, these tools are pretty simple to use. You just need to do it or, you know, you need a little bit of like maybe an initial help. Um, what else? Uh, like Uniswap, for example, the UX there just for token swapping is so simple. Uh, you can just go on your phone in status open up DeFi, connect, I mean, sorry, open up Uniswap, connect your phone, put in the token you want to, to trade, and then hit confirm. And like, literally, that's it. Uh, another cool one, Zerion's pretty cool. Uh, just accessing all the various different DeFi products into one, uh, in one interface. I think the UX is getting a lot better from some of these products, so that's exciting to see. So in an alternate universe where I am a coding wizard, let's say I create some awesome tool and I want it to be hosted on status, how do I go about approaching you all? So yeah, we have a product called DAPS. It's DAP.PS uh, and it's kind of our decentralized version or response to the app or the Play Store. Uh, and you know, any Web3 product, any DAP can go and, and list their own product there. Um, and it's pretty cool. It, it basically has this bonded curve and it uses SMT or a token curated registry um, where, you know, a new DAP, if you've got a DAP, you can go to the website, you can register it, you can stake some SMT. Um, so you'll appear higher up on the list. Um, but it's interesting, the more SMT that you stake, the easier or cheaper it is for the community to downvote you with SMT. So it's kind of, it, it creates this gamification. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to stake too much SNT, so then everyone can like download you easily. But you don't want to you want to stake some SNT, so you appear higher up on the list. Um, and we've seen some pretty good adoption with that product so far. You know, we've got I think something like forty DApps staking, uh, and you know, like five new DApps each week. Um, so yeah, it's pretty simple. And so that gamification algorithm is to avoid any any whale from coming in and putting out an app, upvoting it to all get out. And then having yeah. it organically come back. Exactly. Down. You know, like, you know, Play Store and App Store and, and a lot of these, you know, centralized services, they're pay to play. Um, so the more you pay, the more people are going to see your application. And like, just like with this, like in all this technology, we want to remove centralized figures. We want to remove that ability uh, and, you know, curate content based on what the community likes, not what one centralized third party likes. 
And it also strikes me like every time any of my friends have got an app placed on an app store, I go in, give it a five-star review, rave about it, whether I've used it or not. Same with Yelp, because I don't have any skin in the game. I don't need to stake any anything that matters to me, where in your case, you're, you're making sure there's skin in the game, so there's some validity around the reviews. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, just like a lot of the products uh, in this industry, like there, there's some UX issues to work out and, you know, we're kind of learning as we go, but so far it's, we've seen a, like a, a really good adoption of the tool and it's, it's working. It's great. Excellent. So I, I want us to shift a bit here. Um, another reason why I was really excited and drawn to status is because of the, the organization culture, the organizational design and uh, given some conversations I was having yesterday with some, some clients who are challenged by the remote work. I want to learn more about how your status team is working because you're completely distributed. You're working across time zones, geographies, cultures. H how does this work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> once again, yeah, status is like an experiment in organizational structure as well, um, but it's working and, you know, like every company we've, we've got, you know, things that we're trying to overcome or we're kind of working through and it's a constant work in progress. But um, so for me personally and the marketing team, we, we do everything asynchronously. So um, we've got our communication channels and I'll drop some notes in there. If I need, if I need support with something and someone will pick it up when they come online. Um, and we have, you know, our weekly syncs. It's basically our stand up where we walk through, our work in progress, uh, what we're going to be doing next week, and then any kind of like blockers. Um, and we'll kind of like work through issues on that call. Um, and then, you know, I, like the rest of the time, it's kind of uninterrupted work. Uh, it's, I find myself personally, I'm much more productive because I can work at my own time. Um, I don't have, you know, someone coming over to my desk to chat about this, that, and the other. Uh, and, um, you know, it kind of frees you up to, to work on your own schedule. And I find when you are working, when you want to work and when you're focused, you're just more productive. You're more focused, uh, you're getting better work done. Um, and yeah. And are you working from home? Do you go to some WeWork type setting? Yep. Um, so I've got a, a co-working space. Um, it's great. I've actually got a space with a few friends who are in a similar situation to me and it's quiet and it's, it's amazing. It's great. I, I will say like, you know, sometimes like, especially for marketing, um, oftentimes we do a lot of like creative brainstorming or just, you know, planning out the quarters ahead. So we do try and get together once a quarter, um, the marketing team that is like, for example, um, some of the team came to New York last month and we had a conference here. So it worked out perfectly. There's an NFT conference, which we all attended. Um, one of our team members, Graham was speaking on stage. So we all went to support him. Um, and network, but then also use the time to map out Q2 and Q3. Uh, and sometimes like you just can't beat that face-to-face -face time. So once a quarter, if we can do that, it works out well. That's awesome. So what, what have been some of the unexpected results of having a distributed team? Um, I think, well, an expected result is global coverage, right? Mm -hmm. We're an open source community, like our communication channels status, and we also use Discord are, are open to the public. And um, there's always someone online. I'm in New York. Uh, Jinho, one of our team members, is in South Korea, uh, in Seoul. So you know, I'm online. He's online. People in Europe, they're online, answering questions, talking to talking to the community members. That's great. Um, 
an unexpected result, as I kind of mentioned this before, is is just higher productivity. You know, once again, like you work when you want to work and when you're focused. And the output, in my opinion, is just is just higher quality work. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I think it's it's been great. And the higher quality work that's really evident in what you guys are putting out there. I mean, you're, you're I haven't come across a tool as user friendly and as sophisticated as what I see here. I'm not a technical person, but I've been able to use and leverage some of these dApps and I'm like, huh, even I can do it. It's awesome. So um, you talked about getting together to do some strategic planning. What, what do you guys have planned for the upcoming months ahead? Yeah, so <clears throat> last month we actually launched uh, V1 of our application, which was super exciting. Uh, we'd been in alpha and beta for you know over two years. so. V1 was like a big moment for us. Um, there were and still are like some slight scalability issues with the messaging protocol. We use Whisper. Um, and so we've got a team working on an upgrade to that. Um, and so I guess V1, we wanted to do a bit of a, a soft launch, if you will. I'm not driving too much traffic to it because we could, you know, we, we would have some, some issues. Um, but with the upgrade, uh, now we get to, to market it a bit more and, and really go after user acquisition. So that's kind of the focus for the rest of the year is, is get users into the product. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a few areas we're focusing on. Um, a lot of like, you know, brand campaigns and brand work, you know, status is a, it's a private communication tool, private messenger. We really want people to understand how private it really is. You know, and what are the what are the what are the benefits to the end user? Um, you know, retaining your data, making sure no one can see your messages, things like that. So look for a lot of work around that. Um, a lot of like feature campaigns, right? So once again, the DAP browser is a is a really important feature to us, and it opens up this world to all of these DeFi products, for example. So we've got um, a lot of content going out with like in partnership a lot of DeFi tools you know, showcasing what you can do in status and how simple it actually is. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, you know, another interesting feature is the, is the status sticker market. Uh, once again, it like, it just really gives us feature parity with a lot of the other major tools like WhatsApp or Telegram or something like that. Um, and so we're going to work with like the art and design community and, you know, the NFT enthusiasts to really create some fun, exciting, engaging sticker packs. Um, that's a really cool feature too, because all the stickers that designers create, they get 100% of the profit. You know, as a decentralized product, they can upload their stickers, sell them to the community, and retain all the retain all the funds. So that's cool. Um, so another another area of focus for us is, you know, in a couple months we're going to really try and get outside of the the crypto sphere, if you will. You know, a lot of the conversation happens on crypto Twitter or Reddit or at these events and it can be a bit of like an echo chamber. Um, so we want to get outside of that a little bit. So we're gonna do, we've got some interesting campaigns planned with, you know, personal finance bloggers, um, just to like introduce status and like the suite of DeFi to people outside of the crypto space. Um, and then also we're gonna run some local campaigns in emerging markets. So I'm really excited for that. Um, getting into to places where this, these privacy tools and censorship resistant uh, messengers are, are really needed. So yeah, some pilot campaigns in, in developing countries. You guys got some busy few months ahead of you, man. Jeez. <laughs> so it, 
I've always been of the mind that, you know, folks in our position, kind of the, the human side of the organization are so vital to the mass adoption of crypto because you can build awesome tools, but if we can't talk about it and onboard less tech savvy folks, then we're just building awesome toolboxes and not allowing people to have the hands for them. So what, what do you say to the average person who's not tech savvy about kind of coming on to beginning to use some of these Web3 tools? Sure. Um, I think, and I'm not, I, obviously I'm a bit biased, but I do think status, once again, is like a, a really good first step into, into crypto, into blockchain, into Web3. Um, first and foremost, like I was saying before, like the messenger, it has this form factor with tools that we all use on a daily basis. Um, there are some nuances in there, of course, but uh, generally speaking, when you get your account set up, um, you're just messaging your friends or your family or, or you know, communities just like you would anywhere else. Um, so just don't be intimidated by that. Um, and, you know, you know, I think like the DeFi products, while they, they seem complex uh, from an outsider, uh, you, just, you just need a little bit of some, a little bit of ETH some tokens in your wallet and just start, start to play with it. Um, obviously nothing is risk-free. So use small amounts and, you know, status specifically our community, our team, um, someone's here, someone's always there to like help you out if you have questions. So yeah, I would say <laughs> unbiasedly install status and, and, and jump into a public channel. We'll help you out. Completely objective answer. <laughs> so for those interested in learning more about status, how you guys work, who you are, what you're doing, where should they go? Where can they find out more information? Yeah, go to our website, which is uh, status.im. Um, you can learn more about our product features, like the feature benefits, all that, but then you'll have links to the app in the Play Store. You can install status on your phone, set up an account, super simple. Um, and then I would say jump into the public channel, uh, hashtag status. And uh, yeah, once again, like our team's there, um, our community members are there, our ambassadors are there, community managers, anyone who's got questions, just feel free. Uh, and whether technical question or not, you know, our developers are in there, so they'll, they'll help you out. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, before we let you go, get back to your important work, Johnny. Last words, calls to action. Uh, go download status, <laughs> iOS and Android. Check it out. Status is doing something radical in the age of acceleration. They're creating tools for people to use. Tools that are accessible to the masses. They're making tools that make an incoming set of mind-boggling possibilities possible, accessible. While it's easy to get wrapped up in the negative narrative mass media is feeding us, it is vital to remember that there are legions, literally legions of people dedicating their lives to building a better future, and the folks at Status are doing this in a major way, and they should not be ignored. Status is an exciting example that you can easily access, no bitcoins needed or blockchain prowess required to start getting used to the next media environment, the next web functionality, web 3.0. All you gotta do is go to the app, your app store, download a status wallet, and once it's in your mobile device, poke around, check out the different decentralized apps called dApps, go figure, that you can begin to use to make your life a little easier. Getting onto status is the first step and a big step you can take to participating in Web3 technology and thus decentralizing finance, 
exercising your autonomy, protecting your data, securing your privacy, and supporting a more sane, fair, and sustainable tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to the Onward podcast. It's your support, it's your feedback, it's your comments, it's your suggestions that are really driving this show forth. So if you've got any comments, feedback, questions, suggestions, connections, you name it, feel free to get at me at dweinzveg at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Daniel Weinsveg, spelled the same way. If you're enjoying the show, give it a like on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Make a comment, share it with somebody you think could be inspired, turned on, informed by the conversations we have here. A little social engagement on this weird technology mainframe goes a long way. Before I go, I'd like to give a big shout out to my dear friend, Jay Lately. Jay Lately's music is the soundtrack to the Onward podcast. So if you dig the tunes that's behind the music, the the intros, the transitions, that's all Jay Lately. Check him out on Spotify. He's been doing this work, following his heart, inspiring folks with his poetry, his words, and his passion for over 10 years. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, onward and upward. <laughs>